Happy Monday. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. We're still here, folks, and powered by Betsverts, we are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. Starting the year with headphones, Mr. Andy Molitor, how was the long weekend? How much football did you watch? Did you really plan and prepare for the fact that it was basically just going to be drinking in football for three consecutive days this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I stocked the liquor pretty good. Wife enjoyed a bunch of Brandy Alexanders. I bought too much heavy Ooh. cream to make those. Uh, you can't drink those all day. So I ended up making some cream-based soup. It's nice when you can take drink ingredients and turn them into soup, as one does. I even used some I even used some bourbon in some uh, cooking this week. So a lot of drinking, a lot of eating, a lot of football. It was good. I take it pretty, uh, just with everything going on and uh, the fact that I'm 37 years old. I took it pretty low key. I stayed up late on New Year's, but I didn't. I didn't go out. We just enjoyed some drinks at home, and then yeah, lots and lots of football, lots of bad football. We get some more bad football tonight. It'll be oh. exciting, exciting to watch out. It's not like it's going to stop me. I'm going to watch the game. So, but what yes, the return of golf this week, the definite return of tennis. Beautiful timing. This happens what? Oh, what do you think this happened? Maybe four times all of last year where we actually got to sit here and do a show and you got to give out outrights for a, a, a tennis tournament. I don't think it happens very that often. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hop right into that because I'm very excited. They, I feel like the two times you did it last fall, they both went pretty well. We're, we at least were able to hedge out or at one point you picked. I think we hit one and win. I think we hedged one. I'm trying to Yeah, remember. you hit one, you hedged one. And then I, I feel like there was one tournament where we didn't give them out on here, but you had both of the both of the finalists in one. So outrights, yeah, outrights were a good year for you. And hopefully we continue that in 2022 as we head. I'm going to do it. Down under. Down under. Down under. Down under. You call There's that an outright? Bobby. <laughs> I don't know. If it is nice to have tennis out. back. I mean, the ATP cup has started up and as I'm been said many times, we'll say again, men's tennis is boring and I don't care about it. So I, for whatever reason, I just never take the time to handicap it because it's just, there's so much women's tennis, and women's tennis is finally back. We've got a bunch of tournaments again in Australia. The way the tennis season goes, you start the first month or so is in Australia. We'll have two weeks of tournaments or so, and then right into the Australian Open. I love tennis. It's one of the few sports that has a really big event right up front in the calendar. So three warm-up events here, and we'll start in Adelaide. This is a tournament they have every single year, and just one name stuck out to me. It's tough. It's earlier in the year, and we've got some smaller fields, but also a lot of big names. As we get through the year, these smaller fields tend to have less and less big names as players are taking time off, you know, to prep and build up for some bigger events. But to start the year, everybody needs to play some tennis, and this is two weeks to get ready for the Australian Open. So this event does have Ashley Barty, the three-time reigning number one player of the year. Shout out to my buddy Naz, who's uh, floating in the chat from time to time talking cricket. I didn't realize that, Eddie. Three years in a row, she finished the season number one, about as consistent as can be in the world of WTA tennis. She's here as the one seed. The top half of the draw is really loaded, but down in the bottom half, Miss Elena Rybakina has a great draw. She gets Storm Sanders here, the local wild card. Sanders a nice player, but should be a good warm-up match for Rybakina. Then runs into some qualifiers, maybe Maria Zachary. Arena Sabalenka sits down there at the bottom, but I, I 
as we'll talk about in a second, I think Sabalenka might be a little bit vulnerable here, but Rybakina is one of the better players in the field, has the best spot in the draw, and for some reason is it kind of, you know, the middle pack here when you look for outright odds. I have her closer to double digits. I could even make a case for single digits. So we'll play some Rybakina here at 14 to 1 in Adelaide. And then tennis is not creative. So we have two tournaments here, Melbourne 1 and Melbourne 2. Um, don't really know what the deal is there. I believe they're playing on the Australian Open court. So poke around and look. They might be called Melbourne Somerset 1 and 2. I've seen some places. Very strange. They tried to give these events names last year. I guess they just didn't feel like it. Melbourne 1's kind of fun. We'll see Naomi Osaka play tennis for the first time in a while. Simona Halep's going to be there as well. But the middle of the draw looks pretty vulnerable to me, and there's a couple nice spots here kind of in the bottom of the half where Teresa Martinkova and Jacqueline um, Christian, actually, at, I'm sorry, Martinkova is in the third quarter there. A really nice spot for her. I think she can win the quarter. We'll have Halep in the semifinals if everything kind of goes as planned, but Halep really I think, does have more of a warm-up attitude here and you know, just not 100% sure where um, you know, she's going to end up. Um, Christian also in the third quarter, again, tough to take two women in the same quarter. If this all works out, they play each other in the second round. So, you know, not the best, but just looking at these numbers, you put them together, the number works, you play them separately, the number works. I just like both of these. If we get either one of these to come out of the third quarter, I think they'll be in the semifinals will be in great shape. And then Melbourne two, again, the third tournament here, uh, my girl, Jesse Fagula, the one seed, I think she does have a great chance to win, but at four to one, you know, can't really bet on her. Down at the bottom, though, a younger American on lead. Had a really nice kind of second half of the year last year and just sits in a really soft, easy spot in the draw, surrounded by, you know, some bigger names that haven't played tennis in a while. Some women who maybe played over their heads a little bit last year. Curious to see what, you know, Tormo can do this year. And then you've got Elise Mertens and Towson there. Just a very nice draw for her. Curious to see um, and think that she actually has a great chance to meet Fagul in the final. So 20 to 1 looks good. So four outrights here to start the year, Andy, with the uh, the fuzzy yellow ball. I'm excited. Well, I mean, are we just doing outrights or, oh, here, it's already up. Well, well I mean, we might as well bet some matches. Let's, let's play some Let's play some dogs. Let's play some little dogs. Sprinkles like here, little sprinkles there, yeah. English. Beginning of the year, right? Stuff. Yeah, beginning of the year, right? We've got a bunch of women who haven't played tennis, but we also have women that have had to qualify or have played first-round matches here before. Maddie Inglis, again, not the best player in the world. There are a couple people who could definitely share some DMs that I sent them literally minutes ago, like, all right, should I really do this? Really? Should I really do this? And they all kind of shrugged and went, well, I guess we have to. Because, I mean, she's had a chance to play two, three matches here already. Again, she's from Australia. She's been here. You know, has kind of that home country advantage, you will, of being acclimated, not only to the time zone, but the conditions. She goes up against Shelby Rogers here, an older player who had a nice run in Australia last year, but I think is being way overvalued. Happy to take Inglis here, plus 350, as well as the over, you know, I think that Rogers serves well enough. These conditions, I think, are being a little undervalued. I just there's a lot of overs that I almost bet, frankly. But 19 and a half here at a game that I have at a 20 and a half. So 19 and a half, 20, that works for me. And then a second kind of dog total stack here that will do it. As much as it pains me to bet against my girl, Arena, the Amazonian warrior, Princess Sabalenka, it will be her first match of the year. Yuvon is a very solid, uh, young and upcoming player. She played a great first match here already and, and has the tools and serve to kind of hang with Sabalenka and deal with her power. So plus 360 looks great. Over 19 and a half looks good to me as well. And that's just in Adelaide. There might even be some more. Whew, this is a lot to take in. Can you break? Uh, you good? I, All right. 
got my cough. <laughs> Melbourne won just one match for us there. Again, Christian, we are betting her outright. Um, you know, partially uh, and a big reason. Again, she had a chance to come through this tournament and qualify. She's had a couple matches. I'm sorry, she, I don't believe she qualified here, but had a couple matches under her belt. Um, I believe already doing some practice down under. Either way, she's playing Kaya Kanepi, an, an older player, in a match that I have pretty close to a pick em here. So plus 130, really anything plus 115 or better looks fine for me on Christian. You should be able to find plus 30 just about everywhere. And then at Melbourne, too, again, local wild card, Ellen Perez. She, actually, she might have made the names right. She, she could be a wild card. It's kind of early in the year. I'm a little rusty. A really nice player um, has been kind of working her way back, playing Nuria Paredes-Diaz, a very solid clay player, was really good to end the year and kind of snuck up the rankings. And I think just being a little overrated there. I do have NPD the favorite here, but I think Perez, anything at plus 160 or better is a really nice play. We'll do a parlay here earlier in the year, two big money lines that I kind of like, but didn't really want to play them separately and didn't see much value in the spreads. Um, I think I put the wrong name there. Sorry. That, it's not Harriet so, yeah, Dart. I, I did not Harriet Dart. Sorry. Harriet Dart is actually the underdog. That's my mistake. We're going to use Jin Yu Wong actually as the parlay piece there. Um, really like her that match. Apologies for my misstep. I'll try to fix that. But yeah, Jin Yu Wong um, over Harriet Dart, not Harriet Dart. And then An Lee again. We're taking An Lee for outright. You know, she's minus 305 in a match that I could make a case for her to be minus 500. So happy to put the two of them together. And then one of my favorite plays, honestly, the first round, Nina Stojanovic. Um, she's an underdog against Claire Lou in a match where I could make a case that should be a pick She's plus 170 to win the match 2-0 or minus one and a half sets, depending on, you know, how your book kind of ranks. This is plus 340. I think anything, you know, plus 140 or better, plus 130 or better, plus 170 is everywhere. You should be able to find that. But if you hear a little bit late and it moves again, anything plus 150 or better looks like a great bet. And then the 2-0, you know, anything plus 250 or better there looks solid. So a handful of dogs here for us, a couple of overs. And then one play I just didn't quite get in under the gun, Coco Goss playing. So we'll take over 17 and a half there too. I'm going to see if I can live bet that right now. Little, little secret Pete Stojakovic? Who, who's the tennis player? Who's the NBA player? It's not Stojakovic. It was Stojakovic. Stojakovic. Yes, Paige is Stojakovic. Yeah. Paige. I, I couldn't name. think of his first name. Just in the same I'm still, I'm still in a. I'm still in a haze. It's Monday. It was a long drinking weekend. <laughs> I spent a lot of time with my kids. I went to a fourth grade volleyball tournament over the weekend. A lot of how low uh, is the net uh, for something like that? Full full height net. You just get to serve further up. And honestly, the the umpires not doing that great of a job watching for foot faults. So not a lot of calling. Yeah, it was. Oh, God, no. It was it was something <laughs> to behold. So long weekend for me. Weird weekend in basketball. I just couldn't get it going. I've talked about this. This is kind of how I like my basketball to go. I don't ever have days where I'm going to go nine and oh, I it seems like this is how it's gone for years where it's like I have nice days and then I have my bad days are break even like I went four and four and three and three. And I think I had like six games canceled over the weekend. So a 500 weekend, just juiced out both days. Try to, you know, if you are betting college basketball, it is high volume, much like MLB, every penny count shop around. If you get minus one Oh eight rather than minus minus one ten over the course of 500 bets, that is a very big difference. Definitely shop around for, you know, just little, little things like that. Like when you juice out juice out less. So no, just, uh, a whole hum weekend. I thought I'd have more volume. Obviously, a lot of games are being canceled. Still, 
just a couple today because it is a very light day. My numbers keep telling me that I should be betting Mississippi Valley State unders, and I am done with that. Not today, Satan. <laughs> Again, it's it's a that's really your, bad that's offense. Over, isn't it? Yeah, well, th- these teams they're playing, <laughs> it's like, you know, their offense is pretty bad, and they're not going to score. But if you give up 100 points, it's hard to keep under. And, I mean, they're an order of magnitude worse. You, you can look at these. I know a lot of people pop on Ken Palm, and you're able to look at, like, oh, this is the 350th ranked defense. And then you have, you know, Mississippi Valley State, maybe 358th. And it's not the same difference between some of these. Like, Mississippi Valley State is that much worse than everybody else at this point. They're going to they're gonna give up 100 points if they're paying, like, anybody in the Power Five much less even a decent group of five team. I know we don't do group of five in basketball, but um, staying in the SWAC because there's not a ton of games today, a little bit of colonial, a little bit of SWAC action. Anybody got an early number on Towson, good for you. That's getting steamed up. There's somebody out on the other squad, and I think that's gotten out of control. I'd lean that way. I'm not betting in at the current number. So just Bethune-Cookman, Florida A&M, the Pit Vipers or something, under that's 131. I, it's not the pit vipers for sure, but it's it's well, it uh kind of it, it's something. Maybe I'm I'm thinking Florida Florida Rattlers. for sure. Yeah, the Rattlers. Some kind pit of vipers. Thing. Pit vipers is cool, but yeah, Bethune Cookman, Florida A and M under Florida A and M. Decent, decent defense. And when you're looking at defensive numbers for SWAC, Colonial, Patriot, these real shitty leagues early on know that they're playing the hardest schedules possible all things considered they are playing top 100 teams and these are bottom 50 teams so they're playing power five teams they're playing all these money games where they're going to you know like florida name went to went to manhattan went to florida went to cincinnati playing these decent teams and really struggling because you know they're not that good and so when you look at these numbers, you kind of got to take them with a grain of salt early on. But the fact that their defensive numbers are nice makes me really, really hopeful that they can hold uh, Bethune-Cookman to like 55 points. So I have this one as a clear under. I like that one quite a bit. And then the other one for the day is Arkansas Pine Bluff, Alabama A&M. These are just uh, – I think this is probably just more based on offense. Like both of these defenses are pretty rough too, which worries me. But the fact that uh, they do turn the ball over quite a bit. So Arkansas Pine Bluff turns the ball over at an incredible rate. Alabama A&M can't shoot. And, they're again, they're one of the teams too where their defense is middle of the world. It's not horrible like Mississippi Valley State. So I think I can trust them, again, to hold Pine Bluff down into the 50s and keep this one as a clear under. So just – those two for me today nice and simple and easy two games at somehow four schools i've never heard of and really have no idea where they are other than which state i guess i'll I, start looking at I, I, one, well, I guess one pine bluff arkansas thought. is probably a place <laughs> yeah one, one final thought on pine bluff if you haven't go look at their logo it's a lion it, they're the golden lions and the Ooh. mane is like sticking up in all different directions and if you look it spells out ap Pine Bluff or what? Arkansas. Pine, I, uh, there's four letters in it. I just absolutely bottled AKPB, that. It's, maybe it's a APBU. I don't know. I'm gonna go look at it while you're talking NBA. I like that. That sounds fun. Yeah, just one game for me tonight in the NBA. It's a pretty big slate, but as I look through it, there's just less and less I like or to kind of put together. Um, the Nets. It looks like Kyrie Irving's gonna play tonight, so that Nets Grizzlies game could be a lot of fun. 
I might bet an over there, but I'm not allowed to bet Nets totals. It's just not something I'm allowed mm-hmm. to do anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll skip that. Um, my Sixers probably beat the pants off the Rockets, but it's hard to trust the Sixers laying a big number. Um, Rockets team total overs have been doing much better lately. Overs in general have been playing well. With the Hornets and Wizards, that's going to be an ugly game. Pistons and, and you know Bucks. You know you guys love you guys know I love Pistons team total unders, but it's just the Bucks have been happy to run with some of these guys. Jazz Pelicans might kind of be fun for a game that's a blowout. Looks like Luca's back. You know we've got Mavs Nuggets, so a lot of interesting games to watch. But the one number I do like, I see some value here. Magic Bulls over. 221 um actually played this at 222 myself earlier so you know it looks like it's a 221 and a half anything 223 or, or higher you know i have this game at 227 you know can tweak some stuff to get it even a little bit higher here you know, the bulls defense was great at the beginning of the year but has really struggled with alex caruso being out i mean his impact as a defender is just tremendous patrick williams out for the season but again you know he drove some solid defense there at the beginning of the year and the Bulls, again, just kind of keeping things together. But given the lineup they have, they've been scoring a ton of points and, and teams have been able to score with them. The Magic missing a bunch of players. You know, I'd much rather Cole Anthony be out there. Um, you know, guys like Jalen Suggs, guys like that. But they have enough talent here. And, and again, the pace should be high enough. The Magic have been happy to run with teams and things like that. So just looks like a really nice over spot again as overs continue to do well here. Just hard for the market, I think, to estimate how these teams not only with short rosters are going to score, but with players you've never seen before are going to score. So I think it's been a nice spot and they've generally, you know, shaded, they think things a little bit low. We'll see the move back should be coming soon, but for now, this looks like a great over spot. As long as my bulls win, they just keep winning. And like, like Shoy, like show pointing out William and Mary has been a completely different team in conference play. Yeah. Maybe not a bottom 20 team. Maybe somebody is going to be 500, uh, as they go through their, you know, colonial schedule this year, I think they're off for about a week, but I think they take on Wilmington next, which is a team I've bet against a couple times. So maybe some William and Mary next weekend, who knows? Um, Colonial Williamsburg, that'd be a nice destination. Not a nice destination, Cleveland or Pittsburgh. I've been to both cities. Well, Cleveland's okay. They were, they were okay. They were okay. Like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is really cool. You should go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I missed, I didn't make it there. I went to baseball games in both. Pittsburgh Stadium was actually really great. great Pittsburgh though. does have like the best stadium for the worst it's a very, baseball team. Yeah, top top five stadium I've been to for sure. In that PNC or whatever it's, it's called now. But tonight, the Browns will take on the Steelers. The Browns were favored yesterday. That's good. Does this game are, not matter anymore? It matters for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is not eliminated. They're all okay. but. I need I needed that context. I I looked into it earlier and it seemed like it did still matter, but it would, yeah, it would take, it would take something. Uh, If anybody has anything, by all means, chime in here, chime in on the YouTube chat, chime in on Twitter. I couldn't find any player incentives that uh, anybody in Cleveland or Pittsburgh was working towards. I didn't look terribly hard. I read like three articles. If you can find anything there, that'd be something. But yeah, Cleveland was a favorite. And now Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh has the ties. That's what screws everything up. Like they do have a chance to make the playoffs. They are playing for something. It is Big Ben's final home game. He's not, he's hinted at retirement. I think this is his final game in Heinz Field, his final game in front of the home crowd after a long and storied career bumpy at sometimes, but he got him a couple of trophies. So Pittsburgh's team, as soon as Cleveland was eliminated, people started betting on Pittsburgh and it was flipped favorite. 
probably going to close at about minus three. Low total. Cleveland, kind of a sad season. Sad to end that way. But, uh, yeah, they had high aspirations. Didn't work. Didn't go to plan. OBJ's going to the playoffs, though, I guess. So there's at least somebody to work. out alive. Yeah, I'm not betting on this one at all. I'll have some props, and I will bet first touchdown score. Alex, help me out. Let's do it. It's you know, it's what it's, we'll say. Oh, big list today. Big list today. And again, that's why I wanted to check. I mean, when I looked at it, the game looked like it still kind of matters to the Steelers, but I still think we've got a Brown Steelers game here. It's football. No one really tanks. I mean, these guys are always playing hard. So maybe a little bit of a letdown spot here for the Browns, but I, I think they'll be fine. As I look at first touchdown score, you know, again, a very top-heavy market. Najee Harris, you know, if I have to pick somebody, Najee Harris is going to score the first touchdown. Use that in, like, same-game parlays, fun stuff like that. Um, you've got Deontay Johnson, who's at 6-1. to one. Nick Chubb is around 4-1. to one. Kareem Hunt's even 9-1. to one. Heck, there are three running backs on the Browns. So I was just notices. DeAndre Johnson, Deandre Johnson is 10-1. to one. I mean, you've got three Cleveland running backs, 10-1 to one or better. In, in, in a game where we've got, you know, the, the Steelers – run defense has not been good this year. So again, it could be a nice spot for one of those guys, but these are two teams that I think know how to plan for each other. Very susceptible to wide receivers, which is why you see those first two names up there at the top Landry 13 to one. Um, I believe he was second in, in so far in red zone targets again, targets inside the 10 and targets inside the 20 for the Browns this year. Um, you know, the Steelers defense has given up touchdowns to wide receivers. I have this closer to 10 to one could make a case. It should be single digits. Um, Chase Claypool, again, somebody's kind of fallen down in these numbers a little bit. I mean, I guess his targets are down a little bit, but he's still getting looks at the red zone. He's still getting a chance to take advantage of you know, lesser cornerbacks here, which will definitely have a chance or against here. So like both of these wide receivers, 13 to one, 16 to one. I know we'll get to Roethlisberger in a second. I, yeah, I understand. It's perfectly fine. We'll get there. Fryermuth and Hooper, the two tight ends. Again, this will be a tough week for this. Just the numbers were good. These are two of the best defenses in the league in terms of covering tight ends, in terms of not giving up touchdowns to tight ends, but just so many targets there. Fryermuth now leads the Steelers in targets um, inside the 10, inside the 20. Hooper, again, tops on the, on the Browns, you know, kind of top two, three there, I think. So like both of them at these numbers, again, Baker Mayfield, I'm going to play him every week at 30 to one or better. He runs around enough and has the athleticism and again, the opportunity given how much attention everybody else in that offense is given. And yes, Mr. Big Ben Roethlisberger. Someone <laughs> once said, Andy, it's the last game. You can't hold anything back. And that's it. That's all this is. This is a FOMO bet. Anything 50 to one or better, anything 40 to one or better, put some money down. I mean, I, I think this does matter to Ben Roethlisberger that this might be his last game in this stadium is almost certainly his last game in this stadium. And I think we're going to see him try to run around. I don't think he's going to care about getting hurt any more than he ever does, any less than he ever does. I just, I think we're going to see everything here tonight in a game again, the Browns, have no reason necessarily to try to win other than to troll Pittsburgh. What the heck? It's the last game. You can't hold anything back, Andy. It would have to be a sneak. I don't think we're seeing a bootleg <laughs> into the end zone. But, early, I mean, early on his no, career. No, no broken down at, play scamper? Come on now. I mean, early on in his career, he was getting two, three touchdowns a year, like uh, rushing. He has 20 in his career. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And it Feel is free to skip game. that one, but. At 80 to yeah. one, at 50 to one, which you can find just about everywhere. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe 80 to one. What am I going to do? I got to play that. Yeah, you got to sprinkle. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm full narrative town at this point. 
I think the Steelers <laughs> do have something to play for. I put oh, Ben no. in my prize picks. Oh, I no. put him over 13. I put him over 13 fantasy points. Like, why? If you're if you're not gonna play him, like, don't play him then. Just take if you if you don't think you can, you know, do anything you can to make the playoffs in his final year. I I, I guess whatever. Sit everybody then. But Big Ben is gonna throw the ball a bunch again today. It is a tough defense at times. But if this offensive line can hold up at all, 13 fantasy points isn't that tough to get to. Just need a couple of couple of passing touchdowns here and some decent yardage. I think he gets plenty of work. I don't really have a strong analytical take on this. I went no. and looked at this fantasy score. It's <laughs> like this fantasy score price is probably pretty fair. Longer tail to the over. But Donovan People-Jones, I do like a bit. And I am actually I'm using him as my prize picks entry. But I'm going to look at him in some in some other props as well. Just, you know, Cleveland's not going to lay down. Players have pride. They're not just going to tank this game. Players are starting. I'm not seeing anyone looking at snap counts or sitting yet. And Donovan Peoples-Jones leads the league in yards per reception. He is number one with a bullet. Actually, Brian Edwards is right there too. Brian Edwards and Debo Samuel. But he doesn't catch the ball a ton. Only 23 receptions on the year, but target share has gone up, especially with, you know, OBJ on the West Coast now. So when he catches the ball, he averages 18 yards or 18.7 yards per catch. So if we can get one decent long one in there, you can you can end up with, you know, catching this on a single play. So I'm going to play this in uh, in some prop markets. I might play some alt overs on him too. So, and then yeah, Big Ben, let's go. Um, Leg show says yeah, R.I.P. Dan Reeves. Yeah, Dan Reeves. <laughs> yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's always a bummer when some of these older Another guy let Atlanta down. Yeah. <laughs> and we will close today's first show with a new segment we're calling Andy's favorite logos. See how it is? It's this is you. Amazing. You can't see my cursor. A. P B U A P B University, University of, of Arkansas, Arkansas. Pine Bluff. Just gorgeous. Looks like an graphic NFT, design. Honestly. I'm gonna go find the worst college logo for tomorrow. But that is a golden lion with the logo in its hair. The That's uh, letters. spectacular. Well done, art department. Well UAPB. done. Pine Bluff. Um, hit the thumbs up for you haven't done it all year. I'd like one. Thank you. Thanks for the chat Helps joining and talking. Laughing at our Ben Roethlisberger picks, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Gotta believe.